Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I've got Brian on the phone with me, and today we're going to be talking about Creep 2 as part of our sequel September month series, uh, where we're just covering sequels. Creep 2 is a 2017 film, it's directed by Patrick Bryce, and it stars Mark Duplass and Desiree Akavin. And it's a film about a serial killer who spends a day with a videographer, or maybe a vlogger. Um, Brian, is that how you say his last name? Duplass or Duplass? You know, I was trying to figure that out right before we started. I think it's Duplass or something like that, yeah. Something like that. Sounds close enough to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we saw part one of this, uh, was it like before we did the podcast, or did we do an episode on it? No, it was before we started the podcast. Okay. And uh, do you remember it? Like, do you, did you, do you remember like what you liked about it or anything? Or any, any thoughts on it? Yeah, I remember liking it um, and being slightly thrown off when you said that uh, Mark Duplass <laughs> reminded you of me in it. You, you still don't see that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, uh, I, I know you love to, like, kind of scare people, and I think that was, like, a, a lot of his gimmick in the first one, is he'd love to, like, kind of jump out and scare people. And, and he was also, like, kind of charming, but at the same time, like, it kind of makes you nervous uh, and keeps <laughs> you on edge. You don't, you don't feel like you relate to any of that? All right, good to know. I didn't know that I made people nervous, but uh, I guess I can see that. I mean, I've yeah. been told I have crazy eyes. Yeah, I know. There's a little bit of wild card factor uh, for those of you who don't know Brian. <laughs> yeah, you never know if he's gonna like jump out and scare you or something, or if he's messing with you, which I, I think I is like, kind of like this guy's character, right? Yeah, yeah, I do like the unexpected shoot. Yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm <laughs> the creep. Maybe <laughs> I'm definitely I, a creep. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, pair, a pair of creeps here. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I guess he was uh, the original creep in, in the first one, and this one's an extension of his role, uh, following up on that storyline. Um, but yeah, I, I remember we we enjoyed watching that. Right, it like seemed original and everything. Yeah, we did, we did, and I think this one uh, doesn't do it a disservice in terms of its originality and just a unique approach to uh, found footage. Yeah, so you would put this in the found footage genre. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, it's, yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's just like not what you think of when you think of found footage, though. Right, because isn't found footage usually, usually like some supernatural uh, thing or something? Oftentimes, but like also just the way the camera is utilized, it's often like a claustrophobic space. There's a ton of movement. Yeah. Like there's some movement in this too, but there's a whole lot of jump scares and like mm-hmm. quick, creepy vid- visuals. And this is really just like, a character study almost oh yeah yeah that's a good way to describe it yeah uh yeah i mean both of these films are so minimal like one to two characters basically that the, the whole film that, that it focuses on which i i love that like how, how minimalist it is yeah yeah for sure yeah i think that's a it's unique in that it's found footage and it's not it doesn't have some of the stigma of a typical found footage for that reason yeah yeah exactly yeah it kind of breaks the barrier a little bit there yeah um, and then, uh, so this one, um, so Mark Duplass, he is, uh, also one of the writers, I think of the first one and the second one. And it sounds like there's going to be a, a third one too. Have you, have you read any update on that? Yeah, I did find an update on that. It's a bit of a non update. Um, a, a couple of times it sounded like they were pretty close to making it, but the last thing I could find was in March, 2020 and Duplass said, him and Bryce just can't come up with anything good enough to merit a third movie, in their yeah. opinions. Yeah. 
And Duplass even said he felt like he personally isn't as happy with Creep 2 as he wanted to be. Interesting. Um, yeah, he was like, I know a lot of people like it, but personally I felt it could have been better, and I just, it sounded like they weren't excited about a third movie. They don't have an idea that really makes them want to do it yet. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That, that'll be interesting to see uh, how, how our review compares to his thoughts there. But yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, the critical response, you see it's got like 100% Rotten Tomatoes. That is so nuts. I mean, that's rare. It's only, it's 23, based on 23 reviews. Okay. But still, 100%, it's not very common. That's not common at all. Yeah, I know. I, I can't remember the last time we saw a movie that was like uh, 100%. That's like a perfect film. Uh, that That's hard to imagine. Yeah, the the user score on Rotten Tomatoes was 72%. Okay. IMDb is 6.4 out of 10. Letterboxd is 3.3 out of 5. Yeah, yeah. You know, Which te- is a pretty big gap, considering that there's a 100% <laughs> critic, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. I know, I know. Usually it's like, uh, well, I guess we've seen films where the critics are ahead of the audience. Um, but, you know, that, that could happen if you have like, a, yeah, you only have like 20-some critics here, but if they all gave it like a, a B or something, you could get 100% right. Rotten Tomatoes, right? Right, yeah, the inherent weakness in, in Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, binary system. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, yeah, uh, speaking of Mark Duplass, and I know we just compared him to uh, you, but do you like this guy? Uh, like, have you seen him in, like, other work and everything? Or anything else? <laughs> uh, I really do like him. I think he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen him in a ton of other stuff. Um, the Something I recently saw him in was... Uh, Oh shoot! I already the morning show. Do you ever oh, see that? Oh yeah, right. He's great in that. Yeah, he is really good. I forgot he's in that. He he does a great job in that one. Yeah, yeah. I think he's great in that. He was good in Bombshell. Oh, I didn't see that one. He's in the League TV show, but I never really watched that. Yeah, uh, I've noticed in that one and in like the Mindy Project, uh, and kind of in this one, he kind of like plays this like. Uh, I sometimes I just feel like he's the same character in everything he does. Kind of like a, a smart aleck, uh, assholeish, uh, but like funny and like kind of quirky. Uh, don't you feel like he's, he's like kind of like the steady character throughout? He is a little bit steady. I mean, he's quite a variation of that in these movies. But uh, yeah, I can see what you mean. Do you like him? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence. Sometimes I feel like he's one of those guys that's like bitten off more than he can chew. Because yeah, he's an actor, then he's a writer. He's also like a, a musician. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he's like trying to direct a few things or whatever. I, it just feels like he's like trying to do a lot of things. I feel like he may have a production company with his brother. I can't remember though. Oh yeah, I could totally see that. So is this like a veiled criticism of me as a person? <laughs> Everything you're saying about him? I was worried about that. <laughs> I'm bitten off more than I can chew. You're yeah. on the fence about me. Exactly, exactly. No, no, I, I don't actually think uh, he's anything like you. Uh, I, I, I just, uh, I think it, watching Coop the first time in terms of like a dude who like, likes to jump out and scare people, I, I think you're the closest I know to someone like that. Uh, but you know, yeah, I, I just feel like him, uh, he's like in so many different things. And I, I know like that's not a reason to knock someone. But sometimes I'm like, well, what's like the one thing you're really good at? But maybe you don't have to be really good at one thing. You can, you can be like a well-rounded person, I guess. I think he's a really good actor. I think he's yeah. a well-rounded person. Okay. <laughs> All right. And I'm not just saying that about myself. All right. Are you sure? Yeah. I think. All right. This isn't like a personal defense. <laughs> uh, dude, did you notice this movie only had a runtime of 80 minutes? Oh, no. Really? I thought it was like at least an hour and a half. Only, only 80 minutes? Yeah. Damn, that's quick. Yeah. It's it's a thin storyline, and I think a lot of it's like improvised too, right? 
It is thin, and yeah, it sounds like instead of a script, it was more of an outline, and there was a lot of impro- improvisation, like you said. So, yeah, which shows you can tell. I yeah. mean, I didn't think that as I was watching it, but reading it after the fact, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like these two characters just kind of like building off each other. Right, and it works because it's supposed to be a very awkward movie. Yeah, um, yeah, right. You can definitely so, sense that. Yeah. Um, did you recognize any of the other cast? No, except for um, the dude at the beginning. What's his name? Karan Sony? Yeah. As Dave. He was the dude, Dopinder from Deadpool and Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Oh. He's he's like the guy driving the cab? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I could him play some. He's so, in a bunch of stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. I saw he had like a pretty big filmography there. Um, yeah. But Desiree, uh, I didn't look into her, but she's been in other things? Uh, she's been in Girls. Oh, okay. I don't know how much of a recurring character she is, but she didn't look familiar to me. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Um, well, cool. Uh, any other background? Not too much. Produced by Bloomhouse and or Blumhouse and Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not much background out there on this. Yeah, yeah. Seems I know like uh, budget numbers. I mean, it's kind of like an indie film, right? Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, any uh, what's our Ohio connection on this one? Yeah, well, you know what? Since there's not much background, I've got a few announcements to hit before I do the Ohio Connection. Uh, oh, okay. Let's hear them. So, first I wanted to thank our latest Patreon supporter, Amy. We appreciate you, Amy. Thank you as well to Blake, Cooper, Sam, Moonmonk, Margot, Becca, and Kelly. It costs us money to make the show, so any help you guys give us financially is super appreciated. And also, speaking of help, a few weeks back we mentioned we're trying to get to 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts before the end of 2020. And a bunch of you stepped up and did that, so thank you so much. And we're now at 90, and it's the beginning of September, so we only need, only need 10 more to reach that. That's awesome. Completely arbitrary goal. So if you're new to the show or if you haven't reviewed us yet, it'd be awesome if you could do it on Apple Podcasts. The reviews there really drive listenership, even if you don't listen there. So you can do it in the app or go to the website, or yeah, Apple Podcasts website or whatever, and do it there. And then, Ashvin, we got a uh, Twitter correction on our Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 episode that I want to read at the end of the show. Oh, okay. All right, I'll have to remember that. Yeah. Uh, it's not a spoiler, too, so anybody can listen to it, but right. I'll, I'll just wait till the end of the show to, to dive into that. Sounds good. Cool. All right, cool. And then uh, Ohio Connection? Ohio Connection from our friend Alex, who owns the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. They do carry out, so you can go pick up beer, wine, food in your car safely. They off. They also now have their patio open, and if I know Alex, they're doing. I'm sure they're doing that tip top and everything's on the up and up there. If you wanna go drink some beer outside, but anyway, Alex says Creep Two carries a similar plotline as the original Creep, in that the story revolves around stra- strangers meeting via an online ad for services. Patrick Bryce, who directed and starred in Creep, was inspired by films like Misery and Fatal Attraction and wanted to overlay the unsettling tone of those films with his own experiences buying on Craigslist. Sadly, there have been several cases of Craigslist killers over the years. In 2011, one such killer, 53-year-old Richard Beasley, was convicted and sentenced to death for luring three men to their deaths using a Craigslist ad for a non-existent job in 2011. Oh, his ads all read, We need someone to watch our farm, live for free in a double-wide trailer, Nothing in the way of duties except to take in the peacefulness of the countryside and remark on the changing of the seasons and make sure no one steals any farm equipment or perpetrates any mischief. And Richard Beasley was from Summit County, Ohio. Damn. That's a, that's a pretty appealing ad. 
<laughs> it sounds nice. I'd sign up for that. Yeah. P.S. So, we'll be murdered. <laughs> yeah. Always got to watch out for those P.S.s on those Craigslist ads. <laughs> uh, this might be why my parents are so paranoid about Craigslist. What's what's the deal with Craigslist? Are, are they still around? Uh, I feel like I haven't gone on that site forever. It seems like everyone's using Facebook Marketplace these days, but I still use Craigslist when I get rid of stuff. Oh, yeah. You like post things for sale on there? I do, yeah. I mean, usually not for sale. It's just like free. Yeah. I, I just feel like the one or two times I've tried it in the past, you end up like getting in these like uh, long chain email chains of like no someone who's like never going to show up or something and just like asking like 20 questions about something. Um, yeah, that's why I just, if it was anything like of real value, I'd probably end up going to the Facebook marketplace. Yeah. Right. But if it's something like 20 bucks or something like that, I'm just going to do it for free. And then you always get people pulling the move of like, if they'll show up to your house after all this communication and be like, I only have 15. Is that okay? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, fuck you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They're yeah. I'm, I'm at a point where I just throw things away now. <laughs> just <laughs> I'm done trying to find something. Just find, find the nearest river. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I have like my, my most successful experiences though with Craigslist. Uh, I have like in the past, most of like the, the bands I've joined have, have been through Craigslist and I, I've been surprised oh, really? like the quality of musicians I've, I've found on there, which has been surprising surprising i mean like have you ever met up with like or like yeah d- done something like that like met a stranger through craigslist or something no i haven't oh yeah yeah i always feel weird about it but it's it's worked out i'm, I'm like uh three or four for four or something all right cool just stay unmurdered man yeah I, I'll, I'll keep looking out for those ps's you know i mean yeah. I, I think if you're a murderer you have to disclaim at the bottom that <laughs> I, I one day i'll just start the show and be like ashwin is now four for five on craigslist and <laughs> yeah. he will not be joining <laughs> went out on like an 80 percent ratio that's not too bad <laughs> yeah four out of five. <laughs> <laughs> still considers his craigslist time a success <laughs> yeah <laughs> most of them were hits yeah <laughs> uh well you know after watching this and talking to you about it i kind of want to give it another go um, I, for some reason, I had the impression that it's been shut down or something, but uh, that's probably something else. Yeah, still up and running. All right, cool. Craig is out there still making a killing. Yep. Good for him. All right, well, uh, yeah, do you want to start talking about uh, the plots, hit some spoilers, and, and get to our review? Let's do it. All right. Uh, before we do that, though, do you mind if we take a quick break? I think there's someone at the door, and I, I just want to check on it. Sure, man. All right, cool. I'll be right back. Hey man, I'm back. Yeah, what's what's up? Uh, you know, uh, for our video for our uh, podcast today, I had this videographer come by, uh, videographer, I guess, come by, and uh, we just started the interview, and we're at the part where we're showing each other our genitals. So I think we're off <laughs> to a, a good start so far. Yeah, typical. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make a videograph of your genitals. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a chart big enough? <laughs> so I do that. Yeah. The X axis is small, but that Y. <laughs> it's all about that depth. Yeah, <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah that's a, that would be the Z axis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now we're getting some 3D Thickness. graphs there. Shit. You know, the, the Z axis, people don't talk about enough. I feel like people it, don't, no. Yeah. We've got to find a D with some Z. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a critical component here. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, let's, let's talk about the plot. Um, so this movie kicks off with uh, this guy who finds this box outside of his place. And immediately, like, you're watching this guy from um, a camera that's, like, inside that box. And what you're seeing is this guy pull out, like, a DVD from the box, put it in, and he's watching it. And he's getting pretty disturbed by watching it. Uh, he's interrupted when uh, his friend Aaron stops by, which is Mark Duplass. And um, he's telling Aaron that he just got this film. Uh, someone left it on his door. And it's uh, the film is of some dude recording um, this guy in the house, like unbeknownst to him. So like some kind of stalker or something. And do you hear the whistling at this part? Uh, do you remember? Yeah. Okay. Whistling on the video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so whoever the stalker is, I guess, has a whistle, which they introduce in this film. That wasn't there in the first one, was it? I don't remember. It's been a while since I saw the first one. I, too, like to whistle. Oh, yeah. All right. See that? Comparison grows. <laughs> uh, so then uh, Aaron kind of nods to the camera. So it's like we know as the viewer that like he's the stalker, and anyone who's seen part one knows it's this guy. Um, so then Aaron sits down with this guy. They have a beer, and Aaron reveals to him that he's the stalker and that he was like trying to do like something special or something um but he just didn't know how to do it and he's just gonna kill the guy and he just ends up like slicing this guy's throat um what did you think of this whole opening sequence i really liked it man it's like tense and again it's like the antithesis of a found footage movie like the camera is there but it's just like on the table essentially so it's yeah it's still um, and you get Mark Duplass like winking into the camera and stuff too. Yeah, right. Thought it was cool. It was awkward and tense. Yeah, yeah. What do you I, What do you think of it? I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought it was like effectively tense and like uh, the pacing was interesting because he's like having like this conversation, but you know, like he's the killer. And then uh, yeah, I, I think the speed at like which he like just slices his throat was like came out of nowhere. Yeah, for sure. That was pretty sweet. Uh, Okay, so then we get introduced to our main character, Sarah. Uh, So she's a vlogger, and she has a series called Encounters, where she basically responds to people's Craigslist ads and documents her experiences uh, going out and meeting with these people who are looking for people on Craigslist. Which, I mean, can you believe how risky that is? That is incredibly risky. It is foolish. Right. I like that premise, but at the same time, it's really foolish. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And she only has a... (laughs) I sound like my parents now, paranoid about Craigslist. But the like, you know, the personal ads are quite a different thing than sure. Having, having never answered them or posted them, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, I like the idea, I like the premise, but it is hard to believe, right? And she only has like nine views on her latest video, so it's hard to believe that she would keep putting herself at risk. I know. <laughs> There's something about Sarah that like I can't quite wrap my head around, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Same here. Like, and, and I think throughout this uh, movie, like, that's something like as a viewer you struggle with the whole time is trying to understand some of the decisions she's making or like her rationale. Right. Um, but yeah, to your point, she's disappointed by the lack of viewership that the show has, and she's trying to find a way to grow her audience. Uh, does this sound familiar to you, Brian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe we know of a like, podcast. Being <laughs> desperate at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's... Nobody gets the fake break. <laughs> Do I even get the fake break? <laughs> it's someday it'll make sense. Uh, so she comes across Aaron's ad, which is similar to the ad he had out in the first film, basically looking for uh, someone to come shoot a video of him 
uh, for a thousand bucks for the day. And she responds and shows up to his place. Um, and right off the bat, he kind of reveals that like he's a serial killer and he tells her that he's killed 39 people and he's, he wants to make a final video. Um, and if she records him, he won't kill her for the next 24 hours, which, uh, I don't know, like, what do you think is like going through her head? Like, wouldn't you want to get out of there? Yeah. I mean, she seems to just not take him seriously at all. Yeah. Which I don't know why. I mean, that is an extreme thing. Isn't abnormal thing for anybody to say abnormal enough that even if it wasn't true that person is a threat yeah yeah even if you're making that up like that sounds like uh shit this this is uh probably not someone you want to spend too much time with right uh yeah but yeah she's skeptical i i think that's the only way i can imagine she sticks around and even like after like watching he like shows her a video of like him killing the guy from the last film Um, Right. That would be the part. Like, not only did this guy just say he killed people. Yeah, sure. Could have been a lie. But here's a video of him killing somebody. Like, (laughs) yeah, what What part of you doubts this still? I know. And I don't know if this is like a commentary on like, uh, like millennials or or like the younger generation, like maybe just a a culture of like desensitization where uh, people just like don't believe this stuff or just kind of want to push the boundaries so much where like they're willing to do whatever it takes to get more views. Like, do, do you think maybe that's what they're going with? Her, her yeah, I mean, if they were, it could have been developed a bit more. But yeah, it could have been a commentary on the desperation for everybody to be a a creator, I guess, a content guess. creator or a star. Or, yeah, 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 right, right. Kind of take it somewhere no one else has gone. So I, yeah, this, for some reason, she's like still hanging out there. And uh, this guy's like, okay, uh, the first thing he does, he's like, you know, we're, we're of different genders. We got to normalize this. So I'm going to strip. And so he strips and we get to see Mark Duplass's dick for like a minute or two, right? Yeah, that's the longest time I've seen a penis in a movie for, I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. Another one. Yeah, because you're right. It's like really on screen for quite a long time. Yeah. It's unusual for penises. It is, yeah. Usually they, they like make an appearance and they leave. This one hung out for right. a while. Yeah, they yeah. scuttle off screen. Yeah, it did. Uh, but yeah, so she's... Another moment where you think like, holy shit, she's going to like see this guy's like a creep and get out of there. But instead she willingly does the same thing. She strips, uh, shows him herself naked. And, you know, he's surprised too that like she's kind of like matching him along the way. So then they put their clothes back on and they go out to the woods because he wants to shoot this film, uh, like do something special because, you know, he's killed 39 people and um, this is like supposed to be his like big 40th or whatever. Um, and so he like wants to shoot this film like of him in a river, like giving the speech, but the water level is too low and these birds keep making noises, typical nature stuff. Uh, so he gets like very frustrated and calls the whole thing off, kind of throws his tantrum as a kid. So uh, they go back to his place and he's like upset and he like tries to get her to leave and he just wants to be left alone. He's hanging out in this hot tub. Um, But she uh, decides that like she's not through with him and wants to keep like trying to get material out of him. So um, she ends up like jumping into a hot tub with him and giving him a back massage to like kind of make him feel better. Uh, So yeah, what are are your thoughts of her at this point and like her character? I think just really hard to believe. Like, that is the dumbest thing you can do. You're essentially now seducing this guy. Kind of, right? Like, leading him on in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And are you still... Like, I feel like up until this point, like, we have that fear from Creep 1 where this guy can, like, kill her anytime. He's done, like, a few, like, pop-out scares trying to get her. 
but at this point he's just like this depressed serial killer who like doesn't want to kill her like are, are you still like feeling the fear from him at all um yeah i mean yeah, i think that that is like the brilliance of the way he plays this character like you never know what's going to happen or what's going on in his head yeah i i felt like that throughout the first film and up until this point in the second film but once he got into like this depressed state uh i just feel like he like his threat got kind of uh minimized a little bit that's true he did seem to like sincerely and he had said he's basically like lost the love of killing and he's uninspired yeah yeah right but but you're right like you're still kind of suspicious of him the whole time right like maybe he's like leading her on or something yeah um, but yeah, at the same time, she's also acting like very irrationally. So I, I feel like as a viewer, kind of suspicious of both of them. Um, but yeah, after that massage, for some reason, he like really like bonds with her and takes to her. They start bonding and like playing games together. Uh, it's kind of touching, like sentimental. Like uh, he, re- he starts revealing stuff about his past to her, like how he's never kissed someone, uh, how he like someone's tried to kill him when he was younger, uh, etc. What, what did you think of all of this like kind of character building that was going on? It almost became like an awkward romantic comedy. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it did. Yeah. Uh, which is like kind of an indie comedy or something, like romantic comedy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Typical serial killer falling in love with the guy he paid to videotape him for the day. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's this stage of uh, character building and, and then bonding. Ultimately, he tells her that he wants her to murder him. And then uh, she doesn't have the guts to go through with it. So he like kind of creates these like things like where he's trying to hang himself. Um, and he like at one point he gives her an ax to cut off his head and she starts to get freaked out by this stuff. But he calms her down and lets her know that, you know, he, he's kind of faking this stuff. So I think it adds to your earlier point where we're just kind of suspicious of him. Um, but eventually they go out to the woods and he shows her this grave that he's dug up and he tells her that they both need to die together. He stabs himself and while he's doing that, she tries to run away, but uh, he catches her and ends up stabbing her a bunch of times. And then uh, while he's like kind of talking to the camera, she ends up getting up and uh, smacking him on the head with a shovel, uh, basically killing him. Uh, what, what did you think of this whole sequence? I liked it. Um, and we'll talk more about this in the review. I feel like it was such an unusual movie and this was a fairly typical ending for a horror movie mm-hmm. Yeah, that I was a little underwhelmed. But what did you think? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like the scene where it, like, it felt more familiar as a, as a horror film. Like, oh, this is the scene in the woods where he's actually trying to kill her. Because like, for like an hour before this, you have no idea what the fuck's going on, really. It, right, this right. This kind of made a little more sense. Um, so yeah, she, she uh, supposedly kills him. And then the movie ends with a last scene of her. Uh, she's back in New York or some town or whatever, uh, and she's on the train, and someone's watching her through a video camera, and uh, and that person starts whistling, and you basically know it. He's stalking her basically, in, in whatever city she's in. Yeah, and she even sees him, and her eyes go wide. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So I thought what I what uh, I kind of wanted to happen. When he describes, like, how he got this way, he talks about, like, hitchhiking or something, and a dude picks him up and was going to kill him, Mm -hmm. and then he ended up overpowering the dude and strangling him. And, like, as the guy died, he realized, like, he fell in love with killing, and he's like, I know this is what I have to do now. And I thought it would be cool if it ended the same way with her killing him and enjoying it, and then she'd be the next creep. Holy, yeah, yeah, that would have been awesome. 
Because she's so awkward. Like, I feel like she could legit be a good creep and you could even make a creep three with her. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, I feel like the title almost uh, applies to both of them, right? She totally, Yeah, right? Yeah. Creep, two. <laughs> two of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would have been a really cool kind of like circle of life thing where it kind of just comes around and she like picks it up uh, after him. Right, That'd right. Pretty cool. Uh, and I mean, it was just, she was so unusual and everything about her actions were so unusual that it seemed like there had to be something about her that we didn't quite know or understand, but yeah. the ending doesn't go anywhere with that. She's just another, right. you know, horror movie victim. Yeah, yeah, that that part is kind of a miss. Uh, and yeah, in the whole movie, she's kind of like trying to convince the audience that she's doing this just for her uh, vlog and to like grow viewership. But yeah, you, you kind of think there's something more like she's got an, another agenda or something. And that, that would have made so much sense if she, like she becomes like this killer at the end. Um, or like she was like luring him the whole time, which I think is, is, is an interesting part of the movie is they're kind of playing off each other and you can't tell like who's luring who or trying to like uh, trap who, right? Yeah, it is interesting. And they're both like videographers trying to get extreme things on video. Yeah. So I like the intersection of their personalities, but uh, they just didn't make enough of that. It just sat there being awkward. Yeah. And like, so she's a hard character to buy into, which is fine. But then it's, she's so hard to relate to as well. Yeah. So there's no one in the movie that you can relate to. It just is... Yeah, it keeps you from being fully there. Yeah, agreed. I, I felt like both characters just kind of felt like a, a moving target because I mean we know from the first one this guy, uh, he, his character can be all over the place and like he can be trying to scare you at some points. Other times in this he's like vulnerable and then um, a lot of times he's like just this confident asshole. And then like her too, like uh, her character sometimes like she's overconfident and trying to uh, calm him down. Other times like she's scared of him and stuff. And and yeah, you, you just can't can't like really buy into like who they are or, or like what they're doing. Right. It's limiting as an audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's funny, too, because, like, found footage is normally such a roller coaster ride of, like, visuals and physical physical orientation. But this one is all in the same setting. The camera remains fairly still, and you're disoriented by the characters' actions and what they say and what they're even thinking. It's totally. It's quite different. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, Did you feel like it was, like, scary? Uh, at all um not scary i do think it was fairly tense most of the time not crazy tense but uh yeah. you know that that social awkwardness made for a good tension yeah what did I, you think i, I kind of thought like the awkwardness took away from uh the scariness like i i thought it was tense up to a point uh and then yeah once it becomes more about them bonding kind of rom com in a way um, I thought like, I, I just, I stopped being scared of him cause it seemed like he was like depleted and like, didn't really want to like, kill her at all. Um, which, you know, it was, it was nice to have that come back at the end for a moment. But, uh, otherwise I was kind of disappointed in like the, the scariness level. There is a tenseness throughout though. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. just, uh, yeah, kind of, uh, un- unknowing of like what's going to happen. Sure. What did you think of his performance? Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a good performance. Uh, he's, he's like all over the place and I, I can't tell if it's like, uh, the character like wasn't written really well or something. Um, but obviously it's like a, a character that like, uh, you're not supposed to like identify with fully or understand. And I thought he did a good job of like kind of being that unpredictable character. Uh, what, what did you think? Yeah, I agree. And like you said, he is charming in a way. Like 
I think he's really magnetic as this character and keeps the whole thing together for as odd of a movie as it is. Yeah. And largely an uneventful movie. Like, it's pretty... It can be boring. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I mean, so. it, it would be much more boring with a different actor. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, so he that, really saves it from... Honestly, it could really suck as a movie if, yeah. if it weren't for him. Yeah. And she movie, does a good job, too. I just I don't like her character. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right. Like, for a movie that's just, like, two people talking for 80 minutes, like, he, he does, like, they, it's, it's something that they keep the, the momentum going. I keep you going. Agreed. Um, were, were you a little disappointed? One of the cooler things I thought in the first film was like that Peach Fuzz character where he wears a, like a, a werewolf mask or something and oh, attacks yeah. people. And in this one, like you barely saw that. Like, were you, were you disappointed by that? Um, I kind of like, I, you don't see it a ton, but there are times where he's wearing it and it's unsettling when he has it on. Yeah. It just makes him all the more predictable because you can't see what's in his mind or on his facial expressions. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that, that was cool when he wore that. Uh, I, I I just got, I was kind of hoping he would, he would bring that back in later in the film, but uh, right. it, was, it was cool to see, I guess. Yeah, uh, I I want to rewatch the first one now too. Yeah, uh, these guys let's camera know, and um, or I think it was just Whitney and Blake, right? They had that watch party a few months back, or weeks. Oh back. yeah, did they do it with this? Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was fun to watch that one again. Oh nice. Oh yeah, you joined them. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, yeah, I just like the original film. I really liked uh, this one. Um, did you feel like the freshness or like the originality of it was gone? Like having, um, you know, covered a lot of these concepts in the first film. You know, it's hard for me to say because it's been so long um, since I had seen the first one. I thought the originality was still there, just because you don't see any other found footage movies like these. Yeah. Um, but what did you think, having just seen it? You know, I, I think it, it is a very different movie. Um, that one was very much about like him stalking a guy and and uh, you know hunting him down. And this one's like such a twist on that story. And it's interesting. Like, when do you see a movie about a serial killer who's just like really depressed and uh, like doesn't know like what to do with himself? That's that's, that's kind of groundbreaking, right? Yeah. Boy, I'm not super into like serial killer movies, so I could see somebody shouting at us that like American <laughs> Psycho's like that or something like that. But yeah, I only saw that once or so. But even American Psycho, like you have so many kills going on on screen, and like this movie, um, what do we have? Like, uh, I mean, you have like one kill on screen, right? Right, it's a body count of one. Yeah, right, right. I mean, well, not not really, right? Since I guess actually... well, the dude at the very beginning. True. True. Um, so, and then I guess you see a video of him killing someone else from the last movie, but. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. That's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Dude, yeah I'm <laughs> talking about the dude at the, at, like in the intro. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I forgot about him. Yeah. Uh, maybe one and a half. Yeah. Right. So yeah, for a serial kill- a movie about a serial killer to only see one and a half people die, that that's pretty, pretty interesting. I like that concept too. Like I like this. Like, there's no real world building in these movies, but I like that this is a character who, like, he's called himself the most prolific serial killer in the world. Yeah. I like the idea that there is this, this character like this that no one knows about. Yeah. But only he knows, and, you know, it's just... <laughs> yeah. He wants to, almost wants to share it with somebody. Yeah, yeah. I like that part of him. He's, like, definitely, like, really full of himself and, like, thinks he's, like, this, like, amazing uh, person who's, like, killed all these people and, like, has this, like, amazing backstory, which, like, you kind of see through a little bit in, in this film. And, and you can yeah. tell, like, that that image hasn't gotten out, really. Sure. 
Um, well, yeah. So overall thoughts, what, what did you think? You know, I think it. I think basically his performance is what saves this movie and makes it enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is pretty slow, a bit boring, and the ending was a bit of a letdown for all the awkward unusualness that it took to get there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How about right. you? For the journey six. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and I almost, I, you know, yeah, his, his acting is really good. Um, and I like the con. I feel like the concept here is more fresh than his acting. Like the idea of like the villain being this guy, uh, who's just like at the end, like doesn't know what to do and he's trying to find some kind of salvation or something. Uh, I thought that was the best thing the movie had going for it. It was just a new angle. at like a serial killer. Um, but yeah, otherwise the characters didn't really add up for me in terms of like what their, uh, motivation was or like why they were making the decisions they were making. Um, yeah. and yeah, the ending kind of felt pretty dumb to me too. Right. Yeah. And it is interesting too, with the, uh, killer being the one on screen most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I th- He's I think really it, kind of the main character. He is. He is. Yep. It's a kind of an expose on him. Yeah. Um, so yeah. How, how many back rubs in a hot tub to a seal killer? Would you give this one? I still give it three hot rubs. Hot rubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with that. Three that hot rubs. Hot rubs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, How about three, you? Three hot rubs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I, I th- yeah. Three mostly just based on uh, the concept. Yeah, and yeah. it kind of feels like an anti horror film to me a little, a little bit. But it kind of is. Yeah. It, it, there's not very little horror aside from just general uneasiness and a few fake jump scares that are actually just him trying to jump scare her. Oh yeah. Right. Do you, and do you her remember, back to him sometimes. That's kind of funny. Do you remember that being annoying in the first film? Because I, I think he does that a bunch of times. I don't remember that in the first film. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, did it yeah, annoy I, you? I, I think he did. I feel like he did that like four or five times in the first film where he would just like jump out. And yeah, he, he I think he did that like three or four times in this one. You got to have a few jump scares in a horror movie. And I think that's really the only way to do that with this setup. Just have the main guy jump out at you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of cool with it. Yeah, yeah. It was All fun. Right. They give it to him. All right. Uh, cool. Well, anything else uh, on this one? That's all I got. All right. We'll wrap it up then. Uh, that's it for our discussion on Creep 2. If you enjoyed this episode, you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's going to help other people find our show. And we really appreciate it. And as Brian mentioned, we appreciate everyone who's already done that. And our goal is to get 10 more by the end of the year. So if you can help us with that, uh, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to join our discussion, you can find our links at horrormovieclub.com or shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com or correct us on Twitter, which did you want to talk about that Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing? Oh, shoot. Yeah. Good okay. catch. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. It's on like the last screen of my notes, so I didn't see it. Um, so James Moss on Twitter. This is about... Remember how we were kind of ragging out the movie for the fact that these guys were on the phone with Stretch, the radio DJ, and they couldn't hang up, like Stretch couldn't hang up? Yeah. So he says, back in the landline days, the caller had to hang up to disengage the call, so Stretch not being able to get them off the phone was legit. Oh, get out of here, really? Well, I followed up and I was like, was this like ever an issue on shows? And he said he didn't recall from listening, but he would assume they would just take them off the air and many stations had multiple lines. So it huh. wasn't like they'd be totally stuck. Yeah, I you mean, could just I, switch we, to a new line. I mean, you and I grew up with like landlines. Uh, I, I don't remember that. Like, was this just like in the seventies and like by the t- well, this was eighty six. So uh, I don't know. Do you remember that issue? 
I don't think that was an issue on like a home landline, but it might have been different with these, the mm. way the lines were set up. I'm not sure. I, I meant to research it further, but yeah, I, uh, I think if James reached out, I trust him. Yeah, if 2020 no, has taught me anything, it's to trust people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when it comes to our show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a uh, that's fascinating insight. I mean, that, that really explains a big hole I had in that movie. Sorry. Right, cool. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for that update. I was being sarcastic about 2020 trust, but. <laughs> but yeah, I do trust our fans. Yeah, yeah. They're usually pretty good about calling us out on this. Yeah. Uh, it's not too hard to call us out on our BS. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I but thank you, James, it. for clarifying. Because we yeah. kind of dung that. I mean, we dung that movie from some other logical stuff that seemed illogical. But uh, but that was a bit unfair if, if James is correct here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, cool. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, so, all right, we'll, we'll be announcing our next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter and continuing our month of sequel September, so you can check that out before the next episode. Uh, we also have a Discord server. We'd welcome you to join us there and chat with other listeners and horror fans. Uh, that link is on our website. Uh, as Brian mentioned, we have a Patreon page. Thanks to all our Patreon supporters. We also have new content up there uh, that's worth checking out, so you can find that at patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. Our logo is by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you're uh, if you're cruising Craigslist for some ads, uh, trying to find a gig or maybe uh, a personal ad, uh, always check the small text uh, at the bottom to see if they're they happen to be a serial killer or not. <laughs> legally, legally, it must be disclosed. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, undercover cops. Like you have to say you're you have to disclose there. <laughs> Same thing with Sealer Clays on Craigslist, I think. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah.